Hello, everyone. This is Kyle Galaz with Porter Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. I get to do another one-on-one with the legend Frank Salvino out of Toronto, Ontario. Maybe tell us about yourself, Frank. This is Frank's second time doing a one-on-one. One of the greatest compliments to me is when a, when a person <clears throat> rehires me for a one-on-one. So thank you, Frank. And uh, maybe tell us about who you are, where you work, and what got you into the car business. Uh, hello, I'm Frank uh, Salvino. I work at, uh, I gratefully work at Ken Shaw Toyota in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I used to be an English teacher. I taught for about 25, 26 years professionally. I uh, helped other teachers teach. Was really good at it. Pandemic, blah, blah, blah. I did some contract writing for a couple of years. And... Uh, I've always loved cars and uh, went to England in the fall of October, 2021. And if you love cars, England's a great place to go. When I got back, a light went off. I thought I'd worked with cars, started off as a lot attendant, got my sales license, and then ended up on the uh, floor at Ken Shaw Toyota in February of 2022. So I've been at this about a year. Well, that, that is awesome. I think the last time we did a one-on-one, I think you were about six months into the sales or so. About, yeah. yeah. And now we're a year or so. It it says something that you're still in the business. A lot of people quit after three to six months because they just can't deal with it. And obviously you're excelling. And and you traveling the world tells me you're making some money because that's- I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I did it. all right my first year, yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, congrats and welcome back to the podcast. It's nice to see your face. You look good. Um, it's always it's always my pleasure to help people, salespeople from around the world get better and better and better. And uh, it sounds like you're you're doing great, Frank, and leading the board quite a few months out of the year. A couple times now, yeah. And uh, uh, just now, I mean, you know, I think one of the topics I gave you was loss of motivation, how to deal with it, because it goes up and down. And it's something I used to, I was able to address with my own students when I was teaching them language, but this is different. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surprised I'm, I'm where I am right now, you know, with some of the difficulties I've had over the last couple of months. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that towards the end, because I do want to address the, uh, because I've gone through it. And I've helped salespeople get out of it. And I'm going to help you on this episode too. So let's get, let's get this going. So one of your topics was bringing customers back in. And and when you sent me that, I started thinking about it. What did I do as a salesperson to get customers back in? And what do people do for me? Because I'm a consumer too. I buy stuff. What do they do to get me back in? Right? Because I am a customer also. But I am also on the other side. I'm on both sides, just like you, Frank. You're on both sides. Right. You're a consumer yeah. and a salesperson. So, first, first, when I when I started thinking about it, is bringing customers back in tells me they were at your dealership at one point. Now you're trying to get them back in. So I think part of this problem is to dissect why they left in the first place. What what happened to where you're now? You're trying to get them back in. And I think the sooner you can realize, okay, I'm losing people to trade-in values. I'm losing people to inventory problems. They're walking because I can't get them approved or my finance guys can't get them approved. I think step one of this topic, bringing customers back in, is to minimize how many customers you're attempting to try to get back in. So, So a couple things we can discuss right here, right now is 
when you're trying to get them back in, what are some of the reasons why you're trying to get them back in? What happened? Um, you know, there's so many that so many people that I deal with over, uh, over, over the course of a week, over the course of months, et cetera. I can think of a few where, like you just mentioned, um, inventory. I'm thinking of, for example, uh, uh, a particular customer, an older gentleman who came in a few weeks ago, wants to time his delivery, right? He wants to, he wants to order a, a, a top-end RAV4, wants to time it uh, so that he can pick it up before he goes back to China for a few months. He can't do that because we can't guarantee that delivery. Right. Shortages are much worse here in Canada, I think, than they are in the States, right, from all accounts, as far as I know. So, you know, so he says he'll come back later uh, and maybe hopefully time it so that he can get his vehicle in the spring of next year. I've got I've, I work at a pretty good dealership. I'm very proud of being there and grateful. And we've never, ever had an empty showroom. You know, we've always had vehicles there for people to test drive of every model that Toyota makes, apart from like the ones that are really hard to get. Like, uh, we're, we don't have any Vezas right now, right? We don't have any Sequoias. Apart from that, we've always had a show and people will come by and test drive. So another reason is people are coming specifically to test drive. They're not coming to buy here. You know, they'll, they'll make a trip across the city, maybe from a, another city, come and visit us. And then go home and think about it and see the guy next door. That's a something I can't really prove that. But how do I get those people up from Cambridge back to me? Or, you know, that's another reason. And then it's the 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 excuses that you know you introduced to me because I was new at this in the podcasts, like objections, stalls, right? I gotta go home and think about it. The think about it is a big one. Um, life changes. Right, I've had customers who were on the verge of buying and then they go away um, for whatever reasons, and there are lots of reasons. And then you you get back to them and get them on the phone, and it's you know what I've just changed jobs and yeah, yeah. but inventory is a big one. Yeah, so it's it what the things that you just described are the things that all of us deal with inventory that one or two off customer that, it, you know, he has a specific timeline, he's traveling, or we, we do have those, um, the people that want to go home and think about it. There's a lot of that stuff that that's happening. But what you need to do, Frank, is figure out the, the majority, which one am I and start at that? Which one am I losing the most to where I'm having to come back in? I think that the, the guy that is from China, I think that's a one or two off. Maybe that's not one to even worry about right now. That could be last on it. I think um, if they're at your dealership just wanting to test drive and then possibly go buy somewhere else, maybe start with that one. But I think to to uh, chip away at, because this is a long game. This is not a short game for you. You know, I'm 40. I'm not sure how old you are, but the, there's not many options as you get older to to be that young up and coming guy anymore. So so what, what helps me, motivates me is this is where I'm at and I'm going to make it work. And I will figure things out, even if it's, you know, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. So getting customers back in, let's find out what category am I losing the most? And I think you hit on it. People that want to come in and test drive and possibly buy somewhere else because you don't have the right rig there at that point. Or 
or are you having struggles with trading appraisals or prices? Are you, is that a big loss or is it mainly the inventory? Well, I mean, trading appraisals, uh, inventory, I, I, it's what makes somebody hesitate, right? You know, I, I've, I've thought about it, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we're also consumers, right? How long did it take me to buy my AirPods? You know, when <laughs> did that moment, like, you know, when did that my brain click and say, okay, I'm doing it today, right? I've, I had a guy come in a few weeks ago who, you know, he knows what he wants, a GR86. We, that's one car we don't have in the showroom, right? Because why would we, in a sense, what we need to economize our space? We've got so many other vehicles in there. He knows what he wants. He's not going to be able to test drive it anywhere, really, right? He knows exactly what he wants, but he comes in, gets pricing from me that he could easily do online because of the way Toyota's rigged its pricing now or set its pricing up online. Gets pricing for me that he could have done on his own, sits with me, and then says he needs to go and talk to his girlfriend and his family because it's a big decision. Um, yeah, that, that's, so, a, that's a big one. So, I mean, when you say, like, which category, like, how do you, are, are we trying to minimize people leaving? Because it reminded me of when I used to work at a nightclub years ago, and the, and, and the best doorman would say, a good doorman stops trouble before it ever gets into the building. Right? Or good filter. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and so how do I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, get all of that experience with all these different customers and sort of put it into groups and say it's it's inventory that's certainly an issue um they say they need to think about it yeah so you might you might just have a little bit of everything and and i'm not trying to to uh figure out how to not let a customer leave ever i mean of course we want to sell them while we're there but what I'm trying to do is figure out, are we, do we have a habit of letting customers leave and then working on trying to get them back? And if, you, if you're pretty good at selling them what you got when you're there, then you're probably doing a great job already with customers that are in-house. There's going to be those one or twos that you just can't do anything with and you can't beat yourself up about it. But we have to make sure we're not creating our own problem by letting people leave and then now fighting to get them back in to earn their business. So when a customer is there like your uh, the GR86 guy and he wants to think about it, what I would do with a guy like that or, or any of the people that want to order is say the more time you take to think about it, the more time you the, the, the longer the delay is. If, if you order it right now and you give me a deposit right now, that gets you in the queue to, uh, to get your car built. Then we don't have. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Problems with supply issues because you're in the queue now. Now they've they've uh, put these parts aside for your car. Now, if you wait and you want to go talk about it and you fiddle around and someone else comes in and places the order, then now you're in that second spot. They may not have the parts for it because we're having problems with parts and you know supply chain issues. So, so that goes back to you closing right now. 
because we all know the big back bus is the longest bus in the world. So are you asking closing questions when they're here and put a little bit of pressure on them to like, what are we waiting on? You know the product, you know it's going to be awesome. Can we just do it now? So you're and, and give them a reason, not that you're trying to be a salesman. Give them a reason. The reason is let's get you in queue so no one takes your spot. I only have an allocation for one or two of these bad boys. They're, they're supply chain issues. Let's get you in it while I have an allocation. Let's stop delaying. Talk to your girlfriend after, after you go convince her, but I need the deposit. Let's put the order in. And just while they're there, Frank, just put a little pressure on them, try to get them to, to, to buy now, to commit to something now, even if you don't have the rig, like your guy that's flying to China. Uh, if you, if you want, if you want me to guarantee the vehicle to be here, then let's order it and get your deposit. If for some reason you're in China and this car shows up, shoot, we, we messed up. There's your deposit back. I got a beautiful car for inventory that I'm going to sell anyway, you know, and, and now it's back on that guy. Well, now you're, you're the one delaying. I'm ready to go. Come on, you know, and just make it, make it uh, to when they are there, you're doing everything you can. And, and some of those things that I say that you're going to learn to say, cause it, it takes a little bit being a little more bold, but these people need someone bold enough to push them over that little that little hump of, well, I got to talk to my girlfriend. No, you don't. You mean to tell me that your girlfriend's going to decide what you get to buy? You kidding me? Come on, man. We both know that that's just an excuse for you to leave. Why don't you put the deposit and let's get this thing going and put that pressure. Now, if he blows out of there, hey, at least you tried. That's always been my motto. If the customer is like, no, no, you, this guy's putting too much pressure. I would rather go to my boss and tell him when I was in sales, the guy, just, I did everything I could and I put a lot of pressure on him. I'd rather hear that from my sales guy than, than me ask my sales guy, well, did you ask for a deposit? Well, no, I don't want to put a lot of pressure. I want, a, I want some activity, go out there and push them over the, that hump. Cause they need yeah. that times now. Yeah. So let's say you're doing all that right. And now you just have customers you are trying to get back in. Okay. Okay. And let's use, um, do you, you play music? I forget if you played music or not. Or, yeah, I do. I do. So we're going to use music as an example because I play a little guitar and you play some music too. Guitar too, right? I do. I play guitar. Okay. Yeah. So let's use this as an example. So let's say you went to, uh, are there guitar centers up there where you live? You mean like stores? There, yeah. There's a, there's a store in, in the U.S. called Guitar Center where they sell guitars. But what's a music store in your town or one that you know? Log McQuaid, Steve's, Ring Music. Lonnie McQuaid, how about that? Okay, Lonnie McQuaid. Yeah. All right. So let's say you went in there, right, and you and you looked at a guitar, and it was it was a little bit higher than you wanted, and it was a little bit of the wrong color. You wanted the sunburst, and this one was blue, right? And this one had the the F hole cutouts, and you wanted a solid body. You know, it just wasn't quite what you wanted, and you left. What would you, as a consumer, need to hear from that guitar guy that's calling you now to go back in? Let's brainstorm. Had what I wanted. Okay, had what you wanted. Okay, but let's say it's never coming in. Those sequoias aren't okay. ever coming in. What yeah. would it take, Frank? Not let's say it's not the perfect guitar. Your guitar that you want is is never going to get built again because they they can't get a certain part. What would it take that guitar guy, that salesman, to tell Frank Salvino to get you to go back in? Being Frank, right? This is really you. 
and I and I'm the guitar salesman. What do you think it would take for me as a guitar salesman to get Frank back in there? Price incentive, but maybe. The, but the but the right the rig's not there. The right guitar. Well, then I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, how's he going to get me back in if he can't sell me anything? This is the million dollar question, right? right. How does someone get me as as Kyle back in the guitar store if you still don't have the Sunburst Solid Body Les Paul I wanted? Here's something that a, a, a guitar salesman could say to get me back in, where I would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Kyle, this is uh, Frank from the guitar store. You remember uh, me? I was the guy with the crazy blue mohawk. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Frank? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were looking at that Les Paul solid body sunburst. I still can't get my hands on it. And trust me, I've been trying every single week when the guy comes into a place our orders, I've been trying to get him to do it. Don't think I haven't forgot about you, um, uh, Kyle. But there's a brand that just came out with a, a guitar that is nearly identical that I have in stock. I'm not asking you to buy it. I'm simply asking you to come check it out and see what you think. Your opinion matters more to me than you buying a guitar right now because I don't have what you want. But you and I both love playing guitars, especially new stuff, different stuff. I'm just asking you to, to play it because it's about 90% of the same as that other brand that you want, the Les Paul. When can you come in to check it out? I'm dying to hear your opinion. If, if a salesman said that to you, Frank, and you're really a guitar player and, and they're only 15 to 20 minutes away, what are the chances of you going in there and trying out this guitar? As a guitar, as a guitar enthusiast, I, the chances are pretty good. Especially, very good. Yeah. Especially if he said, "Hey, I'm not asking you to buy it. I know it's not what yeah. you want." So there's the loophole to lower Frank's guard. There's the loophole to Frank. Honey, I'm not going to go buy the guitar. The salesman just wants my opinion, right? It's a new brand. He can tell me the brand. What brand is it, by the way? You'll see when you get here, <laughs> right? If if a if a sale if a guitar salesman said those things, hey, I've been checking our inventory once a week for you, trying to get that guitar in, and that salesman's been in contact with me, sending me texts, hey, I still can't order your guitar. Trust me, I'm trying. And he's done good follow up with me over text or phone. Hey, I'm trying to get that that car here. I'm just you bear with me. And then something comes in. Likewise, he's done all that work. He's kept me in the loop. I'm going to give him a chance. Yes, it's not the right one, but he's not asking me to buy that guitar. He's simply asking for me to come check it out, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the little things that you can do when you're when you're struggling with inventory. Of course, if the exact GR86 comes in, right, and it's everything the guy wanted, that's that's easy. That's the easier one. But if you're telling me you're having inventory problems, then you have to get creative. If you use exactly what you're using now, then you then you can only expect what you're getting now in sales. So now it's time for Frank that's been in the car business for a year and is trying to find new ways to keep going to the top. It's try it's now let's try to get creative and try different avenues. It may or may not work for you. It it definitely will work. Will it work 100% of the time? Nothing does. But it's it's trying different things. So so now let's translate that into to the car into the car business and now mm -hmm. kyle the consumer that's been waiting for a highlander hybrid no let's let's go backwards i'm looking for a rav4 prime hard to get 
Yeah. A killer vehicle. Absolutely stunning vehicle in all its abilities. Mm -hmm. But you can't get it, right, Frank? Not anytime soon. Okay, so knowing that, do I just give up on Kyle that's looking for that exact vehicle? Or do I send him text messages and say, hey, I'm still looking for that Prius Prime. I have not given up on you, right? You still try. And then when something comes in that's similar, it's not a RAV4 Prius, or I'm sorry, a RAV4 Prime. Prime. But it's a RAV4 hybrid. Now let's let's do a role play where Frank calls Kyle. Let's do this right here. Frank is calling Kyle with a like product. You're never going to get the Prius or the, I keep saying that the, the, the Rav- prime prime. Yeah. Both know that, but you just got a beautiful trade in. That's a uh, RAV4 uh, hybrid limited with all the, the bells and whistles that I want. It's just not plug in. Let's do a role play. So I'm, I'm at home and I'm just sitting watching uh, friends reruns of friends. <laughs> Let's what would, <laughs> what now it, this doesn't have to be a perfect phone call. Let's just brainstorm of what Frank could say to get Kyle in. What's going on, Frank? Nice to hear from you. Hey, how you doing, Kyle? Good. Uh, listen, I just got a, um, I didn't get a RAV4 Prime. I'm still looking for you. But I've got a RAV4, the next best thing, essentially. I've got a RAV4 XSE Tech. It's a hybrid. Looks almost the same. Doesn't have the horsepower of the Prime, but in all other ways, it's the same. And I want you to come in and give it a drive. Don't have to buy it, but at least to give you an idea of what what the Prime's like. What do you think? Okay, so there's a couple goods in there. I like that. You don't got to buy it. As soon as you said that, pressure came off of me. Like I really tried putting myself in the consumer's shoes. Pressure Hmm. came off of me. Now, one thing you said that that startled me a little bit was it doesn't have the horsepower of the prime i don't want to hear anything that that is the not negative okay yeah so on these phone calls remember these things i don't want to say anything that would make him sit at his house still Nah, i really do because now guess what he's going to say Nah, i kind of wanted more of that horsepower because you fed it to him now obviously this is ad lib and you you do better in in the real deal but Mm -hmm. But remember those little things that can mess up a phone call. So Mm -hmm. I got to wrap. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. For hybrid that just came in with all the equipment that you want in the Prime. I went out and drove it. I can't tell the difference between a Prime and this and this hybrid RAV4 with all the tech stuff that you just that you mentioned on earlier. Uh, all I'm asking you to, to do is come check it out. I know you're not that far. Uh, but I'm just asking you to come check it out, get your opinion on it. And maybe it's something that you consider or not. If you come in and drive and you're like, no, I don't want it. I want my prime. So be it. But now I got another opportunity. Okay. So pause. I got one more opportunity to try to sell them something else. 
and gave them a reason to come in because if the if the Rav Four Prime is never coming in and it's a year and a half out and I simply just not contact the guy with stuff coming in and trying to wear them down, I'm never going to have a shot at selling them. So to get people back in, Frank, you got to give them a reason. A lot of a lot of salespeople call, you know, their their customers and and just like you know they kind of like. What is this call for in, in the consumer's eye? I got, yeah, yeah. I got kids climbing on me. I'm trying to cook dinner. I got the dog to feed. What are you, what, what's going on? So when you make these calls to get people back in, give them a reason to come back in. Got to have a reason, yeah. You got to have a reason. Yeah. And, and if, yeah. you, if you want to lose that customer, then don't send them, you know, weekly or biweekly updates. Because what will happen is, oh, that salesman forgot about me. I, I Yeah, I'm just going to see if I can get a prime over here. But if if once a week or every couple of weeks, you're sending them a quick text and you got them pinned at the top under, under RAV4 Prime and you send them a thing, hey, this one might be coming in. We might have a VIN number ready. Can I get a deposit? You know, you gave them a reason. You're giving them a reason to, and you're staying in contact. So going back to the guitar salesman. If that guitar salesman sent you updates once a week, Frank, wouldn't you feel a little bit obligated to go see him when he called you to to try out this new model? Yeah, if if he yeah if he showed, I'll be honest with you. If if he showed genuine concern for me as a as a as a consumer, yeah. If he was harassing me, this is one of the things that I feel right, and it's it's one of those negative voices in my own head when I'm calling people. He's harassing me. Maybe I'd get upset. What, what what would you classify as harassing? If that's a good question. Yeah, it's really good. Good question, Tuck. Um, I remember when I bought my Honda years ago. I was, I was still teaching. Um, I was looking at this Mazda three, and uh, I didn't want it, and. Uh, the guy just sent me texts constantly and uh, it irked me. And uh, I, I didn't want the Mazda. I ended up buying the Honda later on, but uh, he just sent me these texts all the time, right? Asking me to come back. And I wish I had saved them because I would have been able to use them now. I, did, I didn't know that I was going to be in sales at the time. But I remember being irked by it. Yeah. And sometimes, occasionally, when I call someone, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm learning, right? So I call someone, and I don't have a good concrete reason that I could use to get, bring it back in. And I call when I've got nothing, and it's, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you. You don't need to call us. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the tone I get, and so I suppose I don't know what what constitutes harassment yeah so the mazda guy that was ten, sending you text messages he kept grinding on you for this one particular car right so right. i could see that being harassment like listen dude i don't want that car i want a honda stop bugging me about that mazda and he keeps bugging you yeah that could be harassment i could classify that as like dude like enough okay i'm getting i'm kind of bugged now but if he was calling you and, and let's say you're you're looking for uh, that Honda Civic or whatever car that was, and he's mm -hmm. saying, to you, hey, I know you're still looking for that Honda. I'm still looking for you. This just came in also just running it by you. Right. Do you feel like that would be harassment or or not? No, that would be all right. Yeah. 
So, so remember that, remember that when you're calling these people and when you're Uh texting these people, Hey, I know you're still acknowledged. I know you're still looking for the Sequoia. Um, We just got this in. I want to run it by you. It's a Yukon XL uh, with 32,000 miles. It just came in on trade. It's got the DVDs, the nav, the Apple CarPlay. I just wanted to run it by you. Here's the link. That's it. That's not harassing. That's not bugging him. That's not sounding like a cheesy salesman. That's a guy that acknowledges I'm still looking for that Sequoia and here's mm-hmm. something in, you know, in its place. So, um, but let's, let's cap, let's go back and kind of resolve this bringing customers back in. You got to have a reason for it. Yeah. It can't just be, Hey, I was wondering if you want to come back in and check out that car, that truck you drove last week. That doesn't work. Nothing's changed. Give them a reason to come back in. You mentioned earlier on the guitar, right? Incentives, if there's some money. But if they don't have the product, then the money doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. so if, but if the, if they did come in and look at, let's say, a new uh, uh, Highlander and they liked it, but you lost them somewhere and there are new, yeah. and there are new incentives, yes, you can yeah. use the incentives. Toyota just came out with new, some new incentives. When can you get, get back in here? Or you lost them because the trade wasn't high enough. And you can say something like this. I use this as a, as a salesman. Hey, the manager that I wanted to look at your trade was off the day you came in. He's back. Can you get in here today? I want him to look at your trade because he already told me, hey, you got any of these cars out there? I'm like, yeah, I got one right here, right? No matter what their trade is, you can use that verbiage. You got any cheap uh, or inexpensive fuel saving cars? Yeah, I got this guy who wants to trade in this old Prius. And I called you. Can you get in here? There's a reason. There's some more money on the table. Now, when, he, when the guy gets there, then you put your sales shoes on and you go through your whole gamut. But guess what? You got them there. You just got to get them there. Okay. Now, we, t- we talked about, do you have a reason? Another thing that salespeople do on, let's say, internet lead or a fresh phone call, they give way too much information over the phone. Yeah. And there's now no reason to come in. They know their trade. They know their incentives. They know their rates. They know the price. They know the payment. Why would they come in? So on people that are fresh up, fresh phone calls, and they're like, yeah, I want to see what my vehicle's worth. And I want to, I saw a, a car on your lot that I'm interested in. Get them in. That is not the time to say, hey, send me some pictures of your trade. I'll get the ball rolling. That is, I'm going to log in my appointment system. And what time can you get here? Make sure you bring right. your and you and you get them in. So a lot of salespeople will lose customers before they even had a chance because they gave them everything they needed over the phone. There's no reason for them to come in. Got to leave some question marks out there. Do you struggle with that at all? Or are you pretty pretty good with that? I'm getting better at that. Um, yeah, we're and, and uh, they've put us very generously. The dealership put like a few of us through some phone training recently, which I really really appreciate. Nice. Um, it's it's been helping. I wish I could we've got scripts that we're working with and um, like there's a lot of thought in those scripts, right? Obviously I don't have to follow them verbatim when I get better at them, but I, I appreciate what they've done and what, what, what they can do. Good. And uh, so I'm, I'm getting better at not telling people everything over the phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, those scripts, I mean, you can basically see what they're doing. The script is to get the appointment. Yeah. You know? That's it. So you, you're get them in, get them in. Your dealership is smart having, I mean, yeah, you don't want to read line by line because you sound like you're reading a teleprompter, but at least you're getting to the point of, okay, I've done this, 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 and this, this is the structure. Now I got the appointment. 
work with those scripts, work with your own, um, your own uh, common sense, work with your own energy levels and make sure you're vibrant on that phone and give them a reason to come in. The best deal is always in the showroom. Sell that appointment. Right. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that you mentioned was uh, dead files. Like that's what I call them. They're a dead file. What do you, when do we give up on a file? Now, when you say, uh, you know, you give up on a file, are we talking a physical file that you have in your desk that you just can't get anywhere with? Or are we talking like, when do you give up on a customer? Like I followed up for nine months. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I mean. Yeah. Not, not a physical file, but I mean, I might have some physical paperwork there involved with that customer, the worksheets, right, et cetera. But it's uh, more of a, like, when do I stop following up with this customer? Yeah. When do I cut them loose? It's, it's again, bring, try to get somebody to come back, right? It, it's a tough one because, like, when do you cut your losses, right? I've sent this guy text. I've sent this guy everything I can. And trust me, Frank, I've been there. I have been there. Now, when I work deals, I always got a physical file together because I wanted some, something tangible. I couldn't always trust my CRM system because first they change it every three years or two years, right? Oh, there's a better CRM system. Like, well, where did all my customers go? So, you know, I try to keep, I try to keep something of, of these customers, but when do you, when do you throw away a dead file or, or just write someone off? And, and what I've learned is the day I actually close a file, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with them. I'm done. This guy's wasted all my time. I'm done. I come in, clock in. I'm like, he's buying a car from that guy. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Right. So there's a fine line because you, when you finally give up, that seems like when they want to buy. And when you don't follow up with somebody, you you know, that they buy from someone else. It's like, darn if you do and darn if you don't. Um, I have a good example that my sister sold houses for years she's still well she's kind of getting out of it now but she sold houses for 20 plus years and she will never forget this particular um, customer he inquired on a house didn't end up buying it but she captured his email and some basic info she did follow up over phones before text messages and um, the guy just no 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 so she stopped doing phone calls but she still sent him emails she sent him emails for two years of new listings. What's an email, right? I'm already sending it to this customer. I'll just add him to the, to the BCC or whatever they call it. And I'm just going to send him in there. After two years of this, the guy called her and said, Natanya, I'm ready to buy a house. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She was on the forefront of it and she did, she was very good. She is good at follow-up, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but she said she didn't hear from him for over a year and a half. She, you know, there was a little back and forth and then he just went cold, but what is it to just add someone's email to a BCC and send out a listing for a house? And then the guy calls on and ends up buying a house from her. So, so what I don't recommend doing is just totally give up. What I recommend doing is going down to like a, like a hibernation mode 
follow up with these people that you haven't heard of and just put their email in there and maybe batch email something. Um, and maybe throw a note in your CRM system every once in a while. Don't completely give up because they have to buy at some point. Cars don't last forever. This person will buy. Um, but you don't want to put so much effort into something that's, you know, you can't. So I get what you're saying. When do you put a dead file away? The answer is kind of never, but kind of yes. Um, if you feel like they're hot and active, stay on them, stay on them, stay on them. But if they go dormant after a few months, maybe just send an email, a batch email and just throw them in there and Hey, just thinking about you. Uh, this is Frank. I'm still at the Toyota dealership, just doing some, uh, checking up on my customers, you know, just something. And maybe you'll spark something down the road and pop up when they need it. You, you never know. They may wreck their car nine months from the, your last contact. And then all of a sudden you send them an email that morning and boom. Yeah, Frank, I'd need a car today, you know? So the dead files are tough because you don't ever really want to give up, but you, sometimes you do. So I, did, mm -hmm. I didn't really answer your question completely. No, um, no, I get it. Yeah. But it's, but I will say this, the day you give up or the day you're going to see the guy in the next day buying from somebody else, it just seems like how it goes, you know? Yeah. It's like getting that $500 hamburger, Right. The one day I decided to go out and get a hamburger and sit out with a buddy at a restaurant, I come back and everyone's selling cars. It's like, what? Should have never went out. <laughs> now yeah, I, get, exactly. I get my food at the dealership and I eat at my desk in a one second. I just inhale, yeah. you know? That's what I do. You know <laughs> now, right? You learned yeah. that lesson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now let's get on to some uh, of the juicier stuff because we we all ran into this. I was talking to my wife about some of your topics today and one of them was loss of motivation, right? Yeah. And she goes, I remember specifically like this time frame when you, Kyle, lost motivation. And we kind of started talking about the same time frame because I remember too, right? There was a, mm -hmm. this was after, um, this was probably after seven, six or seven years of being in the car business. I wasn't moving up. I was stagnant on my income. Nothing was really going my way. I was a good employee. I was a good walk around artist. I was a good salesman, but nothing was changing. So, so I really was, like I say in my other episodes and videos, I was repeating the same thing year after year. I was just wasting time. Okay. Now you're older and you're more mature. So you're realizing this quicker than I did. You know, when you're young, you're just kind of like, I got infinite time. But then there's a certain period where you're like, man, I, I want to be something. You know, I want to do something. And that, mm -hmm. um, that really hurt my, my motivation is when I wasn't really doing anything more. I wanted more. I wanted to be the best, but nothing was really happening. So lots, lots of motivation. Now, when you mention loss of motivation, are you talking... Do you feel this after a bad month? I don't know. I mean, it, it means more than just one thing for me. Loss of motivation is the key idea. But then there were times when I wanted to sort of just many moments, like I said in that text, where I want to give up, just go home. Or bigger moments where I want to give up and quit. But I remember in January, I was on track. I was on track for to sell 20 cars. I didn't. I didn't get there. I think I sold 16. Um, and part of the problem was I lost steam at the end. 
lost motivation. And I, I remember one of the issues was a, an angry client, you know, something went south with the way the order went. Uh, I don't know if you need the details. I can give them to you. Wasn't really any of my doing, um, but the guy was rude. I mean, he was rude to begin with. Even when we first started talking on the phone, it was a phone order. I sold him a car over the phone, which we don't really do. But anyway, he was just, just that kind of guy. And then when things started to go awry with the paperwork, uh, he got really rude. And I was getting tired, I think, exhausted physically from all the work. And this guy was keeping me awake at night, you know? And I didn't, I didn't sell those extra four cars. I wanted to hit 20 that much, and uh, I never got there. And, uh, I, and then I went to England, and I came back, and there were a few other incidents similar to that. To that. I, an irate customer, an irate lot attendant, um, managers who were, you know, I, I love my managers a lot. I'm very grateful for them, but they get stressed out, and they snap at you every now and again, and you're under stress. And... Um, you know, suddenly I'm not wanting to, I just don't feel the urge to the enthusiasm. Right. And it, it, I was really worried about it, uh, you know, as early as midweek last week, or sorry, as recently as midweek last week. And then suddenly things, I just, I just didn't give up. Right. I just went back to work and I did what I do and things, things happened. Good things happened. You know, I sold a few big tickets, right? Um, I learned from the lows that uh, like I kept telling myself when I was feeling low over the last few weeks that I needed to go through that. Um, but it was bad. Um, I lost sleep for a few, uh, maybe a few weeks, more than a few weeks. I stopped going to jiu-jitsu in the morning because I couldn't sleep. Um, and I just kept telling myself, you know, I have to go through this. I'm not going to go to the bar and drink it away because I have to go through it. Right. And I'm not going to quit. And uh, suddenly it's like, you know, the clouds broke and yeah, I had a good, good, good weekend. Yeah. So I, what I've learned about humans in my time here is we are emotional creatures. And it's always going to be that way. It's just how we are. We're very emotional and we have our ups and downs and we have our sides and left and rights and diagonals. And it doesn't matter what business you're in, where you, where you see it in the car business, you know, if you had an hourly job and you had a bad day, you're still getting paid, you know, it's, so you don't get to see those ups and downs because you, you know, you just look at the clock at almost almost five, you want to get out of here. But in the car business, you literally see the effects of those emotional days on a paycheck, on your sales, right? You have a goal of 20 at 16, which congratulations is still a great month, but your goal was 20. So I, I know that. So um, let's talk about that customer. I've had customers as a manager that I've had a deal with that are loud in the showroom. They're, they are mad at the sales guy. They hate their trade. I got to go out there. I end up saying some things that I didn't shouldn't have said. They said things they shouldn't have said, and the deal wasn't made. And and that night, and I can pinpoint a few deals. It's pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, I can pinpoint a few deals that kept me up. And 
And what I've learned in my time is you just got to let them go. There is a certain percentage of people that you will never make happy. There is a certain percentage of people that will only see the negative in a beautiful painting, right? A beautiful experience that you provide, a beautiful vehicle. Oh, it doesn't have this. And you're like, are you kidding me? This, this thing has every feature on the sun. You're worried about the one it doesn't, All right? Those people exist. So losing sleep will happen. And, and screwing up the day or the next day will happen. So you just got to accept that in the car business, you're going to run into days and customers that really irk you. The reason why they irk you is because you care, Frank. Uh, if you didn't care, uh -huh. it would get to you. But you really care about your job. You care about your product. You care about your dealership. And you care about even that customer that's being rude. You still took his order. You still bent some rules to try to work around this guy's chaos and his craziness, right? So, so when it hurts the most is when you actually cared probably the most about the deal. And you really tiptoed around everything. The guys that come in and say, who wants to sell me a car? Who wants to make a commission? right? You already know that, oh boy, here we go. You're not putting a whole lot of stock in that, in that deal. So when, yeah. when, when we know that guy never buys for some reason, when he says that, but when you lose that guy, you're like, yeah, we knew that when he came in, who wants to make a commission, right? So you don't have a lot of stock in that guy, but mm. when you do actually care, that's when it hurts the most. Cause that's what what's been for me. And I know you truly care about your dealership, your career, your customers, and your product. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in the fact that you're, we're doing training outside of work hours to get better, both of us. So you really care. And those are the ones that hurt the most, the ones you kind of babysat and really cared about that car deal, but you got to just brush it off know that this will happen once in a while and move on. Now, if this happens every other car deal, then we got to really reflect inside. But if it's happening once in a while with that guy that was already angry when he called you, that's on him. And we can just brush it off and say, man, hey, I tried everything to make this guy happy. He wasn't happy from the moment I took his phone call and just say, well, that's, that's on him, man. I'm, I'm moving on with me. Yes, it's going to lose some sleep. Yes, you're going to get bummed out, maybe have a little loss of motivation. But man, don't let that guy get to you. You know, just do everything you can to, to get him out of there. Know that there's a percentage of people that you can't make happy. It's just their wives can't make them happy. Their moms can't make them happy. Their grandmas can't make them happy. They are an unhappy person. And you just got to let it go and realize that. Right now, yeah. when, when I look at Frank Salvino, you, to me, seem like the kind of guy that is happy with his life 99% of the time. Yes, do we have that 1% where we question everything and it's like, what am I doing? But for the most part, you're a pretty happy guy and you care about your, your, uh, your career and your life and your, you know, your loved ones, right? So I know it's not you. So it's, it's people like that that you can never make happy. So, um, so one of the things when I had lost of motivation, I asked myself, what changed? What changed in my life? Because yeah, we have our up months and our down months, but the down months and the up months, like you said, we learn from those down months. That doesn't really unmotivate us. Sometimes those down months motivate us, right? So what, what I always did when I came to this new dealership was I had a plan and I had a goal. And that may be what's missing from your career is, Okay, yes, I have these ups and downs, 
but what's the big picture? What am I really going for? Okay. And, and what is your answer to that? What are you really going for? Um, you mean, what are my career goals or what is my career for? Goals. 20 is one of them. That's an immediate goal. Um, I think about, um, you know, my, my uh, girlfriend, wife-to-be a lot and how I can either bring her here or go over there, right, and solidify that comfortably, right? And then to do that, right, requires money. But it's not just the money, but I need, I need a career. I need a backbone when I do that, whether she's here or there. I've got one now. Um, I think about retiring um, comfortably. So that I can retire and do what I want when I retire, which is like, I'm not going to be inactive. I'm going to be, you know, working somehow. Um, and, um, and I think about things that I kind of embarrassed to say this, but I think about Porsches. I'd like to own one. Uh, there are a lot of cars that I would like to own. Right. I love, I love cars. I can't explain that. And I don't think I should have to really, but I, I just do. And, uh, I'd like to be able to afford afford a few. You're a car guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you mentioned a couple of things. One is a 20 car a month, uh, you know, in sales. So that's that's an immediate goal. That's like I could do that in in May. I could hit 20 in May. My goal is 20 yeah. in May. Okay, mm -hmm. and then it's my other goal is I want to get I want to get married to this beautiful woman. I want to complete that whether I move there or here. Okay, so you got an immediate goal, you have like a medium goal, then you got your bad boy Porsche goal. So you got some goals, right? But what happens yeah. when you hit your 20? What happens when you hit, get your marriage? And what happens when you get your Porsche? Right? So your goals eventually end right now. Your goals end. 20 cars, I made it. I did my 20 cars. Of course, you're going to want to do it again and again. But those are immediate right now goals. And then you're yeah. going to your, hey, I'm going to get married. Boom, that goal's complete. You're not going to get married again. So that that's done. Boom. It's in the bag. I got married. I love, I love this woman. And now I'm going to focus on my on my Porsche. And I'm going to get my Porsche, which you probably have the means to get it now or you're getting close to it. But what after that? Here's what I see Frank Salvino doing. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I see Frank Salvino being a sales manager at his dealership and training new guys and desking deals and getting deals financed and closing deals and being uh, the ambassador and the leader of, a, of your dealership, okay? Now, whether that's your thinking or not, that's what I see. Sometimes someone else can see more in a person than they can see in themselves. And I heard that for many years in my career. Kyle, man, you got all this talent. You're going to be something down the road. I didn't believe him because I couldn't mm. see it. I'm in mm. the I'm in the corn maze. I can't see over it. Right. Right. But but a manager or or someone across the, the US and Canada, I can see it in you. I can see it by the way you talk. I can see it by your post that you do. I can see a man that can run a dealership in front of me. And, and you could disagree with me or you could say, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with that, but I see it. And if you have goals like that, then these little, 
speed bumps don't matter. These oh, this guy made me mad because you your vision is so far beyond the little things. Oh, the customer, right. made me yeah. Mad. Oh, inventory's low or yeah. this and that. You're like, dude, I I'm going there regardless of inventory. I'm going there regardless of that customer. I'm going there regardless of a little loss of motivation. I'm going to get there. So whatever it is that you need to put up there, Frank, you need to you need to really think about it and really go for it. And don't let any distractions get in your way. Yes, you're going to have your ups and downs and your peaks and valleys. It is the car business. That's a reality. But but put something up there that's more than 20 cars. The marriage thing is awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a great thing. That is up there. Don't don't think I that's below a Porsche. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> on the timeline. You could get that done pretty quick, right? I'm not yeah. saying less or more. I'm not saying the Porsche is less or more than 20 cars. What I'm saying is you got to have things that keep you motivated so the little things don't matter. What what is a speed bump if you're trying to climb Mount Everest, right? What is a a rock in the way when you're trying to climb a, to the top of volcano? It's just one rock. Mm -hmm. I got to get mm -hmm. to the top of that volcano, right? Mm -hmm. So so when you when you put something out there that's big and bold and I'm going to do that, I just need to mm -hmm then those little things will stop mattering and your motivation will never go away. And I know you've heard this in my podcast. I want to be the number one car sales trainer on the planet. Mm -hmm. That is my thing that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me motivated. Do you know how much money I make on the podcast from advertisements? That much. <laughs> I make that much. It, it's, it's almost laughable what they pay for advertisements. That's not why I do it. I do it because that could be a loss of motivation, right? Oh man, I made 18 cents last week. <laughs> I can't even buy a gumball with 18 cents. Yeah. So if I if I looked at these little these little speed bumps, I could lose motivation. But I'm not looking at that. Hey, that's cool. I made 18 cents. I'm looking at that. That's what Frank needs. And then the little things will stop mattering. So really think about and look at your sales managers. I know you love them and all, but think, can, are, can they do that? And I, and I can't, are they, yeah, really, thought about that. are they really that much more talented than you, Frank? Mm. I mean, we're not here to disrespect them, but this is a self-confidence thing. You can look at those sales managers and be like, I can do that. And I could see room for improvement that I could bring to the table. And you need to really start fighting for that. Now, you may want to go a different direction. I want to do sales manager, and I got there. You might want to do finance. You might want to go to general sales manager. You might want to go to service manager, but have something that you truly want in your heart that's up there. And, and whether you achieve it or not, it will make your career grow because you're fighting for something great and big, and nothing can stop you. Not a customer that's in a bad mood, not a sale that you got skated. It doesn't matter. It hurts a little bit, but I'm, I'll see you at the top, right? I'm going to be your boss one day, but don't ever say that. People don't like that. <laughs> All right. So let's move, let's move on to uh, setbacks at work. Um, the edge off performance. So I ran into this in my career also. Uh, like you don't feel as sharp. You're like, am I, I haven't sold a car in a week. What the heck's wrong with me? 
what, what, when I had to do my self-diagnosis, it's because I got comfortable. I made a bunch of money. I'm already at 10 grand. It's the 11th of the month. I'm on pace for 30 grand, right? All of a sudden, you don't sell a car for 12 days. So um, you got you to gotta stay sharp on where am I at in the month? It doesn't matter what I made money-wise. I'm going to get paid regardless of how many cars I sell. Let me let me focus on the units, okay? And and the money can go aside. Some some salespeople can't look past the money. I've already made five grand. It's only the fifteenth. I'm on pace for ten grand, and then they do this. And next thing you know, half a day goes by, and then all of a sudden, three three days go by, right? And now they're yeah. they were ahead on their pace, and now they're just on pace for a normal month. So be careful of that losing the edge. Another place the salespeople lose the edge is product knowledge. They pretty much know an, enough on each car to sell one. Why do more, right? This is what it takes. This is how much product knowledge it takes to sell a Tacoma. Oh, I made it. I'm good. But 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 are you right? What if you start learning everything about that car, everything about that truck, and how it drives and how it feels and really start doing these killer walkarounds you can start separating yourself from the guy that just did this right now you're up here now you're making sales that you wouldn't have made because you went above and beyond you told that customer um things that he didn't know about the tacoma and made him want to buy and he doesn't want to look at the nissan frontier anymore okay so one of them is product knowledge especially in the new car dealerships get sharp on your product knowledge and then you'll always stay sharp and never you're never actually going to learn it it's all it's always a learning thing you never make yeah, it I noticed yeah and and sales people that get stagnant on product knowledge seem to get stagnant on sales right but if you're out there doing walk arounds with an invisible customer you're probably going to run into a customer and you're going to be so sharp you're going to sell that customer so not only are you getting better on the lot doing walk arounds with an invisible customer you just ran into a customer made a sale don't sit down don't wait around for stuff to happen if it's slow and the phones aren't ringing and you're done with your internet leads and you did your follow-up get out on the lot and start looking at stuff pushing buttons and get sharp with your product knowledge so you don't lose the edge you don't lose your edge on product and you don't lose your edge on, I've just been sitting around doing nothing and I want to go home and don't get comfortable with the money. Salespeople get comfortable with the money. They made all that money. It's the 12th of the month. They paid all their bills. Next thing you know, they don't sell a car for a week and a half. Okay. Think of the new car salesperson. When you got hired, what was that energy like when they said, all right, you're on the sales floor. What was your energy like? My first day, you mean? Yeah, like your first week on the sales floor. My I remember my first day. It was like, I don't know. I think of like somebody had sent me on a fresh pair of skates, and I'd never gone skating before. And I was, like, and I was, and I was, and I wasn't fall. I wasn't falling. Like I saw, I sold two cars on my first day. It was pretty <laughs> oh good. Bragger. <laughs> It was luck, I think, right? It was not but luck. I was, if that's, not that's luck. the other thing, you know, sometimes I, 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 there was a car I sold this week, a big ticket car, and I was lucky to be there at the right time, but I was ready. I was there. I was on time. You know, I was early and I got to, and, and I, and I, and uh, my, my manager came up to me and said afterwards, he said, you did well. You didn't fumble that. You did very well. 
because I could have. But in my head, I'll tell myself that you're just lucky. But there's lots there to recognize. And I think salespeople, um, sometimes guys like me, we need to be, we need to remind ourselves that it's not, you know, that, that we're doing all right. We're not just lucky. But getting back to your question, um, those first few weeks, you know, like that first day, I, I snagged two sales. I really, uh, I was excited. You know, I did it. I was really afraid of selling the first one. I was afraid that I couldn't do it, that it would take forever. And it happened like in the morning, like really early in the morning. And um, and then I was doing it. It was like riding a bike and I was doing it. I was pretty excited about it. You know, I wasn't great at it, but I was doing it. Yeah. It, so so it was you. I want I want to specify something. It wasn't your product knowledge at that point. It was you. You were energized. You were happy. You were excited. And that can sell a lot of cars. Okay. So when you get into these, uh, these start questioning yourself, the edge off of performance and things like that. Remember what, what was it like when I was brand new? Oh yeah. I was just happy to have a job. I was just happy to have a place that gave me free coffee. I was just happy to be out and about with people that are, that I can be like one day. Okay. You were excited about something and, and no product knowledge necessary there. Just excitement sell, sold cars. Okay. And it got you to your first day. Now, if you keep that excitement and remember that every day and you couple that with product knowledge, knowing your inventory, knowing your um, your processes, what does that salesman do that still kept that excitement, that still now knows the product knowledge, that knows how to do stuff at his dealership, that can get stuff done with the manager? That's the 20 car a month guy that can couple all those things together. So when you start feeling some edge going off, Remember, okay, what I do when I was new, I was excited to be alive. I was excited to have a job and I just needed to get in front of somebody. Remember that. Couple that with great product knowledge. Couple that with knowing how to do business. Couple that with some experience that you have now and the training things that you've learned. And that is your 20 plus. That is a sales titan, a guy that can do it all. A guy that can do the the, the next level ups job too. I know how to, you know how to train a new guy now, right? I can help. Yeah, I could certainly. I guarantee you could. Yeah, yeah I, I I do my best when I see them. Yeah. And let's say the sales manager had to go home sick. He he had a hernia. He had to go to the hospital. And they're like, hey, we need someone to work some deals. Frank, you know how to do it? Yeah, let me sit there. Right? I guarantee you, you could do it if you had to. You could rise to the occasion to do it. Right? So you're getting really good, Frank. Just keep doing what you're doing and keep that energy level, just like the passion I have right now for you. That's what you need to have for your customers and your career. Never lose, lose the passion uh, and keep that excitement and couple that with, with uh, product knowledge. Okay, we'll go over a few little things where we hit an hour, but let's, let me, I just want to give a few more things to you. You mentioned managers wigging out because they're stressed out and they got their own issues, things like that. That's always going to happen. Every manager I work for, I either almost been in a fist fight with them or or they yelled at me and screamed at me. And I'm like, what, what did I do? Right. That's just human nature just goes back to we are emotional creatures and we all have a good day. and We all have a bad day here and there. Um, so you got to cut them a little slack. 
they deal with a lot of stuff that that you may not even know or you may know the behind the scenes stuff that they have to deal with because I deal with it. And sometimes I get a little froggy with my sales guys. But you know what? They're trying to do their job and I'm trying to do my job. We have a good partnership though. And we always are trying to sell cars. So just remember that when they wig out, you know, as long as they don't swing at you or or cuss at you and whatever, it is what it is. It's business. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. business. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Um, the angry clients I wrote down, you can't make everyone happy. If you see a constant thing, then look inside. If it's one off, not you, just move on. Mm -hmm. uh, giving up never give up downward spiral address that with excitement um, and really think about okay what why am I going in a downward spiral spiral is it something exterior from the dealership or is it something in the dealership and try to pinpoint it and correct it my thing I've been married for 20 years 21 years now right we got married when I was 19 I am 40 so you can do the math there my thing that if I went to work after me and my spouse fought, my wife Candle fought, I wasn't good for nothing that day. If I didn't get it resolved before I went to the dealership. So if, if we were battling and fighting and arguing over something and I went to the dealership, I was screwed. I knew it because I, I love my wife too much. And I could. So what I learned is I have to resolve it before I clock in. And it didn't matter what I had to do. If Even if it was my fault, not my fault, whatever. I'm sorry. I need to get this resolved because I need to go to work and sell cars. So if it's something external from the dealership, zap it before you clock in. So you avoid that downward spiral. If it's something at the dealership, then you need to address it. Salesman, you're not getting along with a manager. You got to find out what is causing the downward spiral and, and zap it and get back to what Frank Frank can do. Okay. okay. Uh, another thing too that I have to remind myself is we have the greatest job on the planet, right? We have the greatest job. No, no one can put a cap on what Frank Salvino can make. Your income is limitless. Your income is only capped by what you put in. I like that because I want to get paid what I'm worth. Frank wants to get paid what he's worth. We have the greatest job. We have a job where we have instant gratification. I sell a car, I get a voucher. There's no closing escrows and there's no, well, the boat has, the yacht has to be built. It takes 10 months to build your yacht and I'm going to make 50 grand on it. Okay, I'll make 50 grand the next four months on car sales, right? So we have a job that we can make a lot of money with no cap. We have a job that gives us instant gratification. You're a car guy. We have a job that you're around cars. Are you a people person? Yes and no. Okay. I, 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 listen, I, I, I taught for years. I was good at it. <laughs> and I could, I could deal with, I noticed that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, part of me is certainly yeah. a people person. Yeah. And you're probably getting better at that part too, but yeah. You, yeah. I just noticed that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. If you love people, you love cars, you have an uncapped wage and you get to be around fun people at your dealership. We literally have the best job on the planet. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes. And you may have to remind yourself too, to where when you're about to clock in, you need to tell yourself, I love my freaking job. I love my managers. I love my Toyota product. I have the, the world's greatest job. 
and it will help you appreciate every day a little bit more. And when you say it out loud, I've learned your brain listens and, and it starts believing. Yeah. yeah. That's that kind of stuff got me out of some of my slumps is what's wrong with me. I, I have the greatest job on the planet. I love the product I sell. I love my coworkers. And I said it to where my brain could hear it. And I promise you, it will start working. So for, so your game plan, Frank, is when you're calling people, give them a reason to come in. Right. When you're texting people, Give them a reason to, to not get bugged by you. Give them a reason to come in. When you're emailing people, give them something interactive. I was going to have you make one of these for your emails and you can copy and paste it in, in your email. So no matter who you send an email to, you can have a little video that says, hey, my name is Frank Salvino. I'm a salesperson over here at Kenshaw Toyota. I love this dealership and I would love to help you out. Um, all my contact information is here. And, uh, you know, and then close it out, whatever you want to say and have an email that's worth clicking on and viewing and ask questions in that email. So your game plan for that is get people in by giving them a reason to come in. And we you think about that guitar analogy we talked about. OK, right. as far as the other stuff, we kind of just went over all of it. Um, yep. The dead file thing. Don't ever just completely give up. Just ninety nine percent going to hibernation email mode. Loss of motivation. We talked about that. Really, Frank, you 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 kind of you're kind of a star. I, I really appreciate um, talking to you. And um, that video you sent when you're in London, you, you should have seen my smile. Um, and it wasn't a smile just because oh he's talking about me. That's it. My smile is is there's a guy on the other side of the planet that that is benefiting from from something I'm doing. And, and that is exactly why I'm doing it. You know, the 18 cents isn't why I'm doing it, right? I, <laughs> right? I have, yeah. I have, my goal is to get up there. And by doing training and po podcasts and walkarounds and stuff for, for people like you, it's helping me get there. And, but that video was awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate everything you've done. So likewise. Do you, you have anything else for me, Frank? No, I'm good for now. We'll, we'll do this again in a few months, I imagine. <laughs> Here, here's what I want you to do, Frank. Just keep doing what you're doing and stay positive and be the shining light at your dealership that other salespeople that are in that slump or the loss of motivation can look at. Be the leader that, that your family and everyone knows that's in you, man. You got it in you. And when you can do that for people, then you're going to get the feeling I get. You're going to get the feeling that I get. And it's a wonderful feeling when you can help people get better. Um, and you, But you got to always be the shining light, man. You got to be their guy like, oh, I want to be like Frank when I grow up. So just keep doing what you're doing. Stay positive and keep keep learning. We're, we're always learning. You never make it in the learning game. It's always a battle to learn, learn, learn. So I really appreciate you, Frank. And thanks for hiring Porter Pro again and do a one-on-one. Thank you, Kyle. You thanks a, a lot. I really appreciate it. All right. Sign out. Thank you.